الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفا والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذین استفا اما بعد فاعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا اتقوا اللہ حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون صدق اللہ العظیم most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters in Islam. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this opportunity of acquiring the knowledge of deen. This is indeed a very great bounty and favor from Allah Ta'ala. This is something which is a ni'mat and a bounty beyond all the material things. So we need to fully appreciate this bounty, appreciate this ni'mat. The purpose of acquiring the knowledge of deen, we have discussed on many, many occasions. And this can be described in various ways. What the principal aspect in this is that the lessons that we learn should become a part of our nature. It should become a part of our thinking. On numerous occasions over the years we have discussed the aspect of mindset that what is the kind of mindset we should have? What is the kind of temperament, nature, tabiat, mizaj, as it is called sometimes, various different words in which it is expressed, which all come down to the same thing, that there should be a certain natural quality in a person which is the way that Deen wants him to be. Sometimes we do certain things because the community, the society, the people we are around, because they are doing something, so we will do it. Or because of the time of the year, or because of the place we are in, but that itself has not become a part of our tabiat, our mizaj. It has not become a part of our system, our nature, our thinking, our mindset. So while that action, mashallah, is very good, it is something to be appreciated, it is something to cherish, it's something to praise the person for, that mashallah, you did a wonderful thing. But that is something that will be short-lived if it does not become a part and parcel of our system, of our mizaj, our tabiat, our mindset, our thinking, our nature. For example, just to understand this by a few examples. For example, it is the month of Ramadan. So now, mashallah, the month of Ramadan, there is an atmosphere of Ibadat, 
there's an atmosphere of piety, of taqwa. People are more conscious. So automatically the time, the barakat of the time, then everybody around us is doing something. Then we also, mashallah, get into the same mode. We also start performing our salah more consciously, early. We also start reaching out for the Quran Sharif, though it might be a holiday, it might not be madrasa time. We also are wanting to spend some time in dua. So mashallah, all these things are excellent, very good. But if this has not become a part of the mizaj and the tabi'at, the nature of the person, the natural inclination of a person, then as soon as the month of Ramadan has passed, and sometimes even while the month of Ramadan is there, but because now 20 days, 25 days have gone, the person starts getting tired. So as soon as the month of Ramadan is gone, all these things suddenly become history. So what was this issue? The issue is that, Alhamdulillah, while those amal were excellent, but it was not part of the, it did not become part of the system of the person. Likewise, the month of Ramadan, we keep hearing about the lesson of taqwa, we keep listening to the lesson of abstaining from sins, and mashallah, many people do so, many people are accustomed to many wrongs, Come the month of Ramadan and they put a break on all these things. They refrain from all these evils. That's a very good thing. MashaAllah that they are stopping all these sins. The, if the thing that is stopping them is respect for the month of Ramadan, that to itself is MashaAllah something to be greatly appreciated. Alhamdulillah. That's a very great thing. That a person is respecting the Mubarak month of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. That's excellent. But after Ramadan then, that respect for the month of Ramadan is most appreciated. And that is something to be really uh, improved on. Allah Ta'ala opened the doors with that respect. But after the month of Ramadan then, then does it mean that now all the sins that a person had stopped committing in Ramadan, now the person goes back headlong into it. person now just feels that now this license given to me to carry on with whatever I wanted to do, but I didn't do it because of Ramadan. Unfortunately, this is what often happens. But why it happened? Because while on the one hand, that was an excellent thing that sins were being refrained from, but taqwa did not become the mizaj of the person. Taqwa did not become the nature of the person. Taqwa did not become the first instinct. Like a person who feels hungry, then the hungry person doesn't first think of work. Then I'm hungry, so let me first sit down and learn something. Let me first sit down and do some homework. Let me first sit down and uh, fulfill some other tasks and chores. No, the hungry person first naturally thinks of food. The thirsty person, nobody has to advise him, nobody has to guide him, nobody has to tell him anything. He naturally things of water. So likewise, the person whose nature has become taqwa, the person whose mizaj and tabi'at, his temperament has become taqwa, and such a person, it will not really make much difference to such a person that now the month of Ramadan has gone. 
that person's life in Ramadan and out of Ramadan in this regard will be the same. If the person was abstaining from sins in Ramadan, the person will abstain from sins out of Ramadan as well. So what is the bottom line? The bottom line is this creating of this mizaj, this tabiyat, making it our first nature. That very famous incident of Hazrat Umar that he was making gasht, he was patrolling the city of Medina Munawwara late at night in the time of his Khilafat and he overheard that conversation between that mother and daughter and the mother too was apparently just testing the daughter or trying to just see what is her mindset and she told her tomorrow we are going to have to sell this milk what we milk now so add some water to the milk so now the girl is talking to her mother so first she just said it in a little bit of a mild manner and all she said was Amirul Mu'mineen has forbidden this practice so the mother said where is Amirul Mu'mineen now little do they know that their voices are carrying over in the stillness of the night and just passing their house is Amirul Mu'mineen at that time and he's overhearing this conversation so in any case she answers that Amirul Mu'mineen has forbidden this practice so the mother says where is Amirul Mu'mineen here now you mix the water. So in other words, we got 10 liters now. You add another 5 liters of water, it will all look like milk tomorrow. We will sell 15 liters. Instead of selling 10 liters, we will sell 15 liters. We will get more money. So then the girl replies, a young girl, she replies and says that if Amirul Mu'mineen is not here, he doesn't know what's going on here. The rub of Amirul Mu'mineen knows what's happening. Allah Ta'ala knows what's happening. Allah Ta'ala is aware. Allah Ta'ala is all seeing. Allah Ta'ala is all hearing. Allah Ta'ala is all knowing. He knows what is happening, what we are speaking, what we are discussing, what is going on in our minds, what is in our hearts, what we are scheming, what we are planning, what we are thinking about. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it to benefit someone? Is it to harm someone? Whatever it is, Allah Ta'ala is aware. Allah Ta'ala is aware of everything. يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنْ وَمَا تُخْفِ الصُّدُورِ Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. What our intentions are, our intentions are sincere, our intentions are not. Allah Ta'ala is aware of all this. So now, when this girl gave this answer, Umar took note of this, took note of the house. In any case, the incident is much more to it, that eventually then he proposed for his son in this house and he got the son married and it was from the progeny of this couple that came Umar ibn Abdul Aziz the very great Khalifa of his time but the lesson that we wish to draw from here is that this girl spontaneously there wasn't something for her to think about when she was told mix the water into the milk it was spontaneous it was automatic that she said First she just put it mildly, that no, this is not right. But the real answer came, which was already in her heart. That is what was actually the motivation. When the mother said, where is the Amirul Mu'minin here now? What was in her heart, that is what she expressed naturally. And she acted upon that naturally. And she said, but the Rabb of Amirul Mu'minin knows what's going on. He's watching. Now that was the Tabi'at, that was that Mizaj, that nature, that 
very mind had become taqwa. The heart had become taqwa. Meaning that the heart and mind were thinking in the light of taqwa. And just as you get these uh, beams, security lights, if somebody just walks in front of that beam and immediately as soon as it picks up somebody walking across that light comes on. You might have seen these kind of things or that uh, beam in the home that picks up the security for the, for the alarm signal. As soon as somebody just walks past it will blink or it will come on. That little red light in it will come on. Now, likewise, these people's hearts become like that beam. As soon as something negative, something just crosses that line, immediately that red light comes on. This is a problem here. And now they act according to the dictates of taqwa. Their very nature becomes taqwa. Now, this is what we have to develop. This is what we have come to learn. This is the object of our learning the, and uh, coming to acquire the knowledge of deen to make our mizaj deen to make our mizaj and our temperament, our mindset our thinking, make it deen make it taqwa we must think in the light of taqwa we must think in the light of haya think in that light unfortunately because of the society we live in, because of the environment we live in, because of the people we associate with, we think in the modern light. We think in the mindset of the West. But then, but now we are Muslims also, and we are also studying deen in fact. So now we need to now just try and balance it up somewhere. So now we'll have to make it tighter, but we have to still have the cloak obviously. We can't do away with the cloak, but it will have to be tighter now. Because now that broad and loose cloak, that doesn't fit in this society. That loose cloak, that will look very, very old-fashioned and outdated. So now we have to make it tighter, we have to make it more eye-catching. But now this eye-catching and this tighter is coming from, is this the thinking of Deen? Is this the thinking of Haya? Is this the thinking of what Nabi Islam has taught. No, this is the thinking of the West. This is the thinking of the Yahud and Nasara. That no, it has to be tighter, it has to be like this, it has to be more revealing in some way, and it has to be more conforming to the norms of society. Well, everybody is doing it now, so then, now everybody is doing it now, how do you expect me to do something different? So now this thinking, what is this thinking all about? Is this thinking the correct thinking? Now this is the challenge, this is what we have to, this is the biggest thing to change that mizad, that thinking. And to think first, at the first instance in the right light. At the first instance to think in the right light. That requires a lot of training, to train ourselves, our hearts and minds. Repeatedly, and this happens by self-reflection, all the time reflecting. What I did, what was the motivating factor? Was I influenced by the norms of the society? Was I influenced by what is going on around me? How people are doing things, what they are doing, how they are dressing, how they are talking, how they are conducting their functions? Was I influenced by this? Or was I thinking purely from the point of 
the Quran and Sunnah from what Allah Ta'ala has ordered us to do, what Nabi Islam has taught us to do. The self-reflection, repeatedly self-reflecting. And in time when a person will keep reflecting, analyzing and taking advice from those who can guide one, then in time we'll start changing this mizaj. That's the bottom line. We'll start making our tabiat and our nature the nature of deen. Now the first thought will be, is this talk ghibat? Yes, it's ghibat, so I can't engage in this. Is this thought in any way badgumani, harboring ill thoughts and suspicions baselessly about someone? If yes, the heart will give that fatwa that yes, this is, then no, I need to now immediately refrain from this because I have no basis to make such a kind of conclusion in my heart about anybody. So therefore I need to now stop from this. Is this talk correct? Is this manner of dressing correct? Is this the etiquette and respect in which I need to conduct myself in? Whatever I am doing, is this in conformance to the requirement of adab? And adab for everyone. Adab for our seniors, adab for our juniors also. Adab for all, anybody who has any authority of us, adab for them. In our learning situation, adab for our teachers. Adab for every teacher of the madrasa. Adab for those who have done such a great favor to us. All the kitabs that have been prepared by the great people, the ulama, the muhaddisin, the fuqaha. What kind of ihsan they have made upon us. Now that knowledge that has come to, to us through them. To respect that knowledge, to respect those books, to handle it in a way with respect, to respect the place of ilm. How do we conduct ourselves in the place of ilm? To respect the symbols of deen, the day of Jumu'ah. Now from Thursday night is the day of Jumu'ah. Are we respecting it by conducting ourselves correctly, by increasing our durood sharif? By reciting more Quran Sharif, reciting Surah Kahaf, reciting other parts of the Quran Sharif, Surah Al-Dukhan, etc. Exceeding in reciting Durood Sharif, spending more time in Dua. And mashallah we have ample time from Thursday evening and then Madrasa is over by Juma time. We have the whole afternoon. So how much of that time is spent in this consciousness of Jumu'ah? So now all this is that mizaj and a person who has developed that mizaj, the very mizaj of honesty. That everything must be very clear and honest from my heart. There must be no deception of any sort. Hazrat Abdul Qadir Jailani Rahmatullah he is a young child, he is an orphan. Such a name that every person almost is familiar with the name that this was, if he doesn't know anything else, by the time he's grown to some age, every person knows that was a very big buzrog. More than that, even if he doesn't know anything else. That this name is somebody very great. So indeed, Allah Ta'ala had blessed him tremendously. He was a very great personality, very great buzrog. 
But in his childhood, he was an orphan. His father had passed away. And now as he was growing, so now his mother needed to send him to go and learn, to go and acquire the ilm of deen. But he had to leave his hometown and go all the way to Baghdad. And this was a very big thing in that time. Little child now, and he has to go, young boy. So any case now, finally his mother prepared him to leave. There was a caravan of people going. So together with that, she had prepared one, sewn some garment for him, some kurta, and in the sleeve of the kurta, under his arm somewhere, she sewed a pocket. And in there she had sewn some gold coins in it, that this will be for now for him when he gets to Baghdad, he will have some needs, he will be able to use this money, as the time goes, he will be able to spend some of it for his needs. But now because this journey used to be very dangerous, all the way to Baghdad, there were a lot of deserts in between, and these highway robbers used to come, these bandits used to come and waylay the people, and rob them, and loot them. So in any case, in order to try and secure this money, so she did it in this way, she put it under his arm and she sewed it. any case, finally she sent him off, what a kind of parting that might have been. So on the way now, unfortunately the same thing happened, these bandits, these thieves and thugs, they came and surrounded the caravan and then they looted them, took all their possessions and valuables away. As they were looting the whole caravan, now here is a young boy. So one of the thieves, they asked him, that, what do you have? So now, when he was leaving Baghdad, when he was leaving for Baghdad, as his mother sent him off, his mother gave him one piece of advice. What was the advice his mother gave? Always speak the truth. Always speak the truth. Now this was also creating that mizaj, the dini mizaj. Look, whatever it is, the truth, there's no compromise on the truth. Always speak the truth. So he had this in his heart and mind. And now when these thieves were looting the whole caravan, and one of these thieves asked him, what do you have? So he replied very calmly that I have so many gold coins, whether it was 100 gold coins or 30 gold coins, whatever it was, Allah Alam, I have so many gold coins. So that chap thought he's joking, little child, 10, 11 years old, whatever his age might have been at that time, and he's saying I got so many gold coins. So he thought he was just making a fool of him. So he asked him, where do you have it? Now he's got this nasihat of his mother in his heart and mind, that don't speak lies, always speak the truth. So I got it sewn under my arm. So this thief took this child and he went to the leader of the whole group of bandits, thieves, their leader, the head of their the thugs, took him to the leader. And he says to the leader, look at what this child is saying. So what is he saying? I asked him, what do you have? He says, he's got so many gold coins. So he asked him, where's the gold coins? So he says, it's here under my arm. So he then checked and they found, yes, that this is under his arm. So they were surprised that if he didn't tell them, they would never have known, they wouldn't have searched him too, because a young boy, now where are they going to search him? They took it for granted, he's got nothing. So now they questioned him and asked him, the leader asked him, but then why did you make it known? You know that everything is, ha what is happening here, people are being robbed, they are being looted, we are taking everybody's 
possessions away, their valuables away. And we wouldn't have known if you didn't tell us, what made you tell us? So this young boy replies and says that when I left, my mother gave me one nasihat, one advice. And the advice was always speak the truth. So I am keeping up to that advice of my mother. Now this became his mizaj in one statement of advice. What ikhlas there might have been in how his mother said it and what a heart this young child would have had. That that one statement that became his mizaj. And in such a challenging situation. Now this is where the crunch comes. That when a person's mizaj is something then in all situations that mizaj will guide the person. And if the mizaj hasn't been developed, then as we discussed, if it's a month of Ramadan, it will be a different situation. Alhamdulillah, that too in itself is something very appreciated, that a person has given up sins, the person is conducting himself correctly, Allah Ta'ala will reward that as well. But if the mizaj wasn't created, then after Ramadan will be something else. person has gone for hajj, person has gone for umrah, mashallah, the person will do a lot very conducting oneself very well and then on the plane and everything else starts again. Why? Because the mizaj didn't change. The amal, alhamdulillah, they were good amal performed, but the mizaj didn't change. So now at the airport again everything is going on. Oh barely the person left Makkah Mukarramah and now the journey is now for home. So now everything is gone haywire already. Why? Because that mizaj didn't change. Now that becomes the crunch. The person whose mizaj and temperament and thinking and mindset has been corrected and the person thinks deen, the person thinks taqwa, the person thinks tawakkul and trust in Allah Ta'ala, the person thinks honesty and righteousness, the person thinks sabr, the person thinks, now we are insan, so the person will, any human being will feel pain, will feel if there's some sickness, the person will feel the uncomfortable situation. person might even cry as a result of the pain. All these things are part of human nature also. But the heart and mind will be focused correctly. And in that, a person will not start making statements that are against Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala's deen, against the commands of Allah Ta'ala, against the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sometimes there is a tragedy. And a person, Na'uzubillah, starts making statements, Allah Ta'ala didn't find anybody else for this tragedy besides me, Na'uzubillah. Now, what a terrible statement that is. But why? Because that mizaj of sabr, the mizaj of tolerance and patience was not there. Mizaj of tolerance and patience doesn't mean a person won't feel pain. But a person will be correctly focused in that pain. A person will be correctly focused in those challenges. A person be correctly focused in those circumstances. And in all those circumstances, the person will be looking at how to still keep getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Somebody with sugar, the circumstances of luxury, of comfort, of prosperity, that too didn't, will not affect the person's deen. That now I got all the comforts and luxuries, so now let me splash it out. And now let me start making a name for myself and start having a star-studded wedding, and other kinds of things. Now what happened? Because the mizaj wasn't deen. So now the money came in the hand, so it just now swept the person. Just like a tsunami, just washed the person. But if the mizaj is deen, then the person remains firm. Then the person remains steadfast. Because the mizaj is deen. 
So, this little child also, his mizaj was deen now. His mizaj was this nasihat his mother gave him. So he very calmly gave that answer, that my mother told me, always speak the truth. So therefore I spoke the truth, that this is what I have, it's up to you what you want to do. So when this leader of the thieves heard this reply, he started crying. Now look at the effect that a dini mizaj, a dini mindset, a dini heart and mind, what effect it has on others also. Provided one own heart and mind is deen. So what impact it had now? That the little child, he gave this answer that, thieves, that the leader of the thieves started crying. And he's now crying and then he says that if this child can be so loyal to the advice that his mother gave him, and he can be so content that whatever happens, he will speak the truth. Allah Ta'ala will protect him. Allah Ta'ala will provide for him. If we also turn to Allah Ta'ala, won't Allah Ta'ala provide for us? Won't Allah Ta'ala look after us? If this child can be so concerned about the truth because his mother told him that, Allah Ta'ala has given us the command as well to always be true, not to harm people, not to rob people, not to loot people. So why are we doing this? So he made Toba. When he made Toba, his whole group of thieves also made Toba. And they returned all the things that they had looted. Now, where did this stem from? What was the thing that brought about such a major impact? Such a major revolution in the lives of so many people? One person whose mizaj, whose temperament, whose nature, whose very heart and mind had become deen, had become the sifat of deen, had become the qualities of deen. So we have to keep reflecting. As we said that this is where this starts from. This is the starting point. The reflection. What I am doing. Is this conducive to taqwa? Is this the right thing to do? Is this the dictates of adab and respect? Is this what haya demands from us? Haya is a very great thing. Haya is one of the biggest branches of iman. And haya is a foundation in itself for so many good, good things. Haya gets eroded and this, this building of Islam and Iman will start falling and crumbling. Haya in our dressing, Haya in our manner, Haya in our speech, Haya in our conduct, Haya in everything. So, this is the lesson that we have to now adopt. These are the things that we have to bring in our lives we have to become conscious of Allah Ta'ala at every moment. We have to become conscious of the etiquettes of deen, etiquettes of respect, of haya, of simplicity, of honesty, of generosity, of well-wishing, of forgiveness, of kindness, all the other qualities of iman. This should become our nature. To forgive must become our nature. To overlook must become our nature. To have sabr must become our nature. To be a well-wisher for every Muslim must become our nature. To be one who is concerned for the well-being of every Muslim must become our nature. We must have that heart that becomes affected by the pain of any Muslim. Any difficulty somebody has somewhere becomes our difficulty. 
المسلمون كرجل واحد ان اشتكى عينه اشتكى كله وان اشتكى راسه اشتكى كله نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم says the muslims are like one body any part of the body pains the whole body feels the pain so now this means has to become our tabiat our nature and in this way we will see what blessings of allah taala we will enjoy in dunya also and the real place as we always keep hearing about this talking about it that the real place is jannat the real place is akhirat this dunya is a very temporary place here in dunya all kinds of things will happen sometimes it will be happiness sometimes sadness sometimes prosperity sometimes poverty sometimes health sometimes sickness sometimes one condition sometimes a different condition all these things carry on in dunya and this life of dunya will pass very soon but if we conduct ourselves correctly then we will make our akhirat and in dunya also allah taala will bless us with barakat with afiyat with salamati and all the good things of that we are desiring allah taala will bless us in dunya as well so may allah tabarak wa taala give us the tawfiq that we truly become muslims in every sense of the word our very nature becomes muslim our talking becomes muslim our manner and conduct becomes muslim our heart and mind become muslim and everything about us becomes muslim allah tbaraka wa taala give us the tawfiq allah taala enable us to reflect in this manner we should inshallah as a part of the practice that we always sometimes from time to time do for the next 2 3 minutes after the dua is over we will sit and reflect just reflect reflect upon our hearts what is our kind of thinking and then try to apply it to specific aspects how do i think in terms of my dressing in terms of my conduct what is my conduct what is my concept of adab how do i show respect to people around me to the quran sharif obviously to the kitabs to the madrasa very importantly to my parents to others my family members to the symbols of deen so in terms of that what is my mindset what is my nature what is my first thought the sifat of deen the qualities of islam and iman taqwa tawakkul sabr and generosity thinking good of everyone being kind to everyone forgiveness tolerance all these qualities of iman where do i fit in how much is in my life we will sit and inshallah reflect for 2 3 minutes and make dua to allah taala that allah taala bless us that we become total muslims from every in every sense of the word wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakash shukru kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi sana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu allahumma thabbitna ala al-iman wa amitna ala al-iman واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مشرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب